Hi, welcome to Tech Talks, the People and Planet podcast. On this episode, I'm joined by Juliana Ola, co-founder and CTO at mental health platform Siren. Um, Juliana, hi, how are you? Hi, uh, thank you. I'm doing great uh, after a hectic day. <laughs> good, good to uh, good to have you here. Thank you for joining us. I think, like the, the first of all, if you give our listeners uh, an overview of of Siren, what the the problem is that you're solving with the mission um, and perhaps what's inspired that as well. Okay, uh, of course. So um, Siren is a deep mental health tech company and what we do is doing uh, the assessment of several mental disorders uh, with speech and AI and we want to scale it up and make the assessment objective uh, quicker and actually more accurate and meaningful uh, for clinicians and also for uh, for the patients themselves. So what several mental disorders mean? You might heard about psychotic disorders like schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. Uh, these are the ones that um, uh, usually counting as the more severe psychiatric disorders and we also deal with severe depression. Um, the common factor behind it that all of them require clinical care, so you cannot really treat these disorders via digital treatment or simply just, for example, outpatient care, but you have to yeah. somehow some, uh, have some clinical involvement. Um, and uh, which inspired the mission is uh, bit personal. So, for example, I mentioned the psychotic disorders and one of the most common psychotic disorders is schizophrenia. And for example, I have um, kind of, I personally don't have the experience living with that, but uh, my first kind of long-term boyfriend, first love was get schizophrenia when I was really young and also he was really young. And then um, it was really devastating experience because it broke the relationship and you felt mm -hmm. that someone's personality changed a lot. So uh, it remained with me as an experience. And later I started studying clinical psychology and then I just realized exactly what happened. But at that time, no me, nor he, nor his family knew what happened. Happening. And then later I started learning about these disorders and about the development of it. And like everything just fitted into the great picture that, yeah, that's the case. Usually you get mice diagnosed, you wait years for diagnosis, and you wait other years for treatment. And in the meantime, your life just falling apart. And um, also I'm working with speech and um, mental health assessment uh, with my PhD that I'm doing. Uh, and that was also kind of technological background. And with my two co-founders, um, uh, they are also in the mental health space. Uh, Ad, who is the CEO, is doing uh, research in genetics and mental health. So he knew that it's a problem and he knew that he wanted to do a company in mental health and the one that is actually medically and scientifically backed. So something that can work as a medical product, not in the wellness space. Okay. And uh, the third co-founder also has many experience with people with schizophrenia because he's a doctor and worked with people like that uh, in psychiatric care. And it just kind of inspired us to work on this. Well, that's interesting. So, so, so you're the you're the CTO. You're, you're, are you from? Yeah. You're, obviously, you're from a technical background. Um, tell us a little bit. I mean, look, there, there, there's a lot of technical people that listen to this show um, from the UK, where we're based, but also Europe um, and the states as well. So, I think those people in particular would really like to learn more about how the tech works. Um, what's driving it and you know perhaps how it's how it's different maybe to some of the other mental health platforms that are out there on the market at the moment 
Yeah, of course. Uh, so I think in terms of application, we do um, assessment for clinical care. So we are selling to clinics. Uh, so it's a B2B business. It's not like, for example, home or headspace. That's a treatment on your phone. And yeah. we work with assessment and we work with prediction. So what we aim to do is predict that you will have a disorder two years later and now you are at vulnerable stage. Or if you already had the disorder, predict that you will relapse in a given to um, what, two weeks or one month. Um, and uh, actually the platform on its own, I think is not super interesting. So if you have created a software, it's a classic software, uh, which has user interfaces uh, from the point of the users who are clinicians and patients. And uh, it has a backend, which is maybe a little bit more interesting because that's when the AI part coming in. Yeah. So what we are doing is um, we develop the proprietary uh, and patented uh, task, uh, like field of tasks that the patients uh, just complete. And via this, they record their speech, plus they answer a few questions. And this information, uh, them go into a machine learning pipeline. And um, I cannot share all of the information, of course, but basically what we do that we make a transcription of this uh, of this text and uh, we use MLP on, on the transcription itself. Uh, we have different methods, so we try to look at different levels of the language, like we do analysis with the syntactics, we do something with our level of semantics and also we analyze the acoustic features, so we take the raw audio and there is this kind of other feature extraction part when we yeah. analyze the acoustic parameters, especially the ones that are related to emotional information. Okay. Um, and then later on, all of these features and going into machine learning algorithm uh, that we trained our previous data, and now we fine tune or more and more data that makes predictions. Uh, we have models that classify uh, people into categories of like different disorders or different risk state. And we also have regression models which just predict continuous outcomes, for example, symptom scores. And then it goes back to uh, the clinician dashboard and signal that this person is at risk or this person requires serious um, sure. like uh, attention. And we also get some feedback to the patients themselves, like please call your doctor or like you are just fine tested. But we naturally, we try to keep all of the more meaningful and diagnostically meaningful information for, for the clinicians because we believe that it's a much better way to handle this information because maybe patients don't have the uh, education or the background enough to put it into context. Interesting. Super interesting. So um, you guys are about a year in. Um, yeah. You know what what's what's been going on in that year? I mean, it's ne it's never plain sailing with us with the startup, right? And of course, yeah. you, you're st you're still studying for your PhD as well. Um, what's been the, what's been the challenges that you faced? How have you overcome them? What's been the big takeaways that you've had from your first year as a as a startup founder? Mm, I think the beginning is just. I think the most difficult part is finding a focus. Um, yeah. What will be your focus? Uh, I think I was personally really lucky with the team. So the co-founding team is, uh, we joined uh, really early on, one and a half year ago. And I think it was a really good match. And now we also have a, a lead developer. So it's also kind of big hub that now I think the team on its own is kind of strong and we have a great culture, which was more challenging is just like, figuring out exactly how we would like to monetize our technology mm. um, because uh, we knew that we want to do something that using clinical care, right? But like the clinical care pathways, both in the UK and in the US are really complex. So it took around the 
half year just to map out how the actually care delivery works there yeah. and what are the points when we can sell our products and what can be the potential for a customer. Then we also had to make some decisions like what are the different like from different type of strategic routes, what are the ones that we want to actually choose and be dedicated to going on? Um, we also had a study which was uh, a proof of concept study and we collected speech for more than 1,100 individuals, which means that we have one of the biggest data set in house and speech. Um, so it was a big effort to collect all of this data and we collected all of this data online because we actually want to uh, enable remote assessment. So that's some core feature of our product and it was just collecting the data was on its own interesting and challenging but also for me then working with with all of this data in and seeing how the model classifies between different disorders different levels of of um, symptom severity is is exciting and that actually it was a, it was a question like can we capture enough information from this little bit low quality speech because it's really different from a laboratory setting. Yeah. But that was a technical risk that we took. And then when I figured out that, oh yeah, I can do it, like we can do it, <laughs> it was a big, big win. And now we are raising, so it's a, it's a challenge too. Um, but um, this, to be fair, it's not really, uh, I enjoy the raising part much more than my CEO because uh, I'm just going to meeting and then answering <laughs> questions, some questions while he has to take all the proactivity. Um, so I think finding focus, collecting data, yeah. for the more more interesting and just being being optimistic uh, against all of the risks. You mentioned culture before as well. How how would you describe the culture of the business? Um, I think we are really achievement oriented. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like and the other thing is, I think we are really um, empirically and data driven. Given the fact that me and Dad are are doing a PhD, so we are having strong science background. Plus, the medical co-founder is also really empirically driven. Um, so we try to test um, all of the assumptions that we make. And the other thing is, I think they really care about each other. Yeah. I also. I also think it's an emotional culture in a way that we buy specific uh, gift uh, for, for example, uh, birthdays. We go oh, out nice. uh, often. We check on each other. Um, we try to try to take care of each other's soul. Also, a little bit like yeah, uh, it's important to keep motivated. And I think one of the big one of the biggest kind of motivation for for at least me is that actually the team and the emotions and the love that I feel for them. So I want these people to be successful, not just me being successful. And I think it also can drive to put you this kind of extra bit of work and go for this extra mile just to because you I think maybe you wouldn't do it for yourself, but you do it for your team that you are committed to. So I think we are really kind of a strong strong community driven and and really mission driven too so for for us it's important to have something that really make an impact in in care delivery and actually disrupt mm -hmm. the current care system um and i think we already somehow paid some cost of people like for example when deciding between different strategies that's a strategy that means that for example you have to be committed to start there which means that you can only sell later for example to pharma which is which is a mission even approach that yeah we want to prioritize it maybe vcs and investors would would prefer if we prioritize other one but we as a, as a team we want to go on this route and and uh, make our own priorities first and then figuring out how to commercialize it and not in the other way around yeah yeah that makes sense um thanks for that so 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 what's next for siren then 
Um, anything exciting that you can share with us? Um, yes, yeah, so we are officially raising. Now we are raising in the, uh, it's a seed uh, round. Uh, we are, are raising in the UK now and uh, in Europe, and we are going for uh, pitches and meetings in September to um, to the US. So it's super exciting. Also means that if we are successful, we might hire someone in January. So yeah. one, two people, one must be technical. So if someone is really, I don't know, um, interested in joining to a startup like us, then send us emails around that time. And it also means that we have collaborations with um, two clinics in Massachusetts and also uh, uh, four clinics uh, in the UK who are collaborative partners to start studies. And we will kick off these studies in December and January too, which is super exciting because it means that we will start one of the biggest studies in psychotic disorders uh, that happened uh, in the last 20 years in whole academic research. So um, I think it will be really a big kind of outstanding achievement. Um, these are the news. Nice. So fingers crossed then. So where, when do you think that you might close the funding round? Um, we aim to close by uh, the beginning of December. Yeah. It's always, it's always like kind of how, <laughs> you know, you, you, no one knows when that's going to happen, do they? But Yes. It would be it'd be nice for you to do it by the end of this year. Um, yes. Cool. So last question then, Juliana. Um, and it's it's quite a big one. I think it's, you know, I like to ask these kind of thought provoking questions at the end. Um, what What's your overall thoughts on the situation with artificial intelligence in mental health um, versus humans, human interaction? Um, you know what? What can the machine do that the human cannot, and and vice versa? Um, I think uh, that there is definitely room for artificial in intelligence in this, in generally mental health. Um, I think the adoption is really slow compared to how quick it could be technologically. So I I see the trend that the technology is ready or the challenges are not really technological challenges, but more cultural challenges and adoption challenges, because psychiatry and psychology are, are really open-minded people, but really traditional field, mm. uh, who really uh, value human human interaction and maybe yeah. a little bit scared of technology, and they not really understand technology uh, in most cases based on the background. Um, so that's something that, that is a big kind of bottleneck in the system. Um, I think, but humans can only do is some part of therapy. I'm not saying that all of the therapy has to be delivered by humans, but I think with psychological therapy, there is a important element of it when you just create an attachment to a human and this uh, attachment to, to the psychologist or therapist supposed to be a better type of attachment that, for example, you had in your childhood. And I think it's it's really um, unhealthy if you try to replace it with machines. So I think this element maybe cannot be replaced. However, other things like finding biomarkers, finding, for example, targets for different type of drug trials, uh, analyzing the changes in the brain uh, that's happening with mm. different, co uh, different conditions, then you can use AI for all of it. You can, of course, search for digital biomarkers. And with digital biomarkers, you can actually collect a huge amount of data which AI can analyze better than humans. So, for example, what we do with speech, we're searching for, searching for small, subtle changes that the humans cannot detect. 
Okay. Can only do after big training. So that's something that you can do. And I think just simply applying more statistical models into psychiatry would be and mental health would be an important cultural change because now all of the assessment diagnostic criteria are really subjective based on interviews. And I think it it has its own benefit, but it makes the whole field a little bit unreliable and, and mm. actually difficult to you know move forward. And I think just the cultural adaptation that yeah there are structured systematic way of assessment. Maybe it's a little bit biased, but at least systematic uh, that would be a big kind of yeah, development because then all of the phenotypes that you create will be more meaningful and more more well defined. So uh, these are these are the parts that I think AI yeah, have a big big role to play. Um, that's my bet. Juliana, thank you so much for joining us, uh, guys. It's been Juliana Ola from um, Health Tech Platform Siren. Thanks again, Juliana. Speak to you soon. Thank you.